Do you have a story to tell about a terrible medical conversation? I want to hear from you. Please email me at christine at christinemeyermd.com. I can't wait for you to tell me more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tell Me More. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Meyer. On the show, we break down some of the worst conversations in healthcare. Why? Because I believe that together we can build better ones. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Tell Me More. As you know, we are having conversations about medical conversations and ways that we can try to make them better. This episode is kind of hard for me because it actually is about conversation that went badly in my own practice. And of course, I want to think that we have a better practice than most and we work really hard, but every single medical practice interaction has the potential to go south. So I think it's really important to share Sandy's story. This is authentic and as true as it gets, and hopefully we'll all learn something from it. Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) So basically, you're a patient at our practice, and the story starts with you being contacted by our office to schedule something called your Medicare annual wellness visit, right? Yes. And at the time, did you understand what a wellness visit was or were you like, oh, they just want me to come in, so I'll go in? I was confused because I usually see Melissa for my physicals in January, and I Mm -hmm. had seen her in January. The day that I did see Melissa in January, there was a computer glitch while I was there. Mm -hmm. So Melissa did the best. We got a lot of things done. And it was like, okay, I'm fine. And then I was contacted by your office in October or so and said, I need to come in for a visit. And when I said, well, I had mine, they were like, no, this is a wellness. And I was like, okay. You know, I wasn't feeling well, so I was like, okay, I'll be there. Got it. So for for our listeners who might not know, in our practice, we have nurse practitioners and physician assistants and obviously physicians. And we've been trying to ensure that every patient sees a physician at least once a year. And the perfect opportunity to do that is during this, what's called the Medicare annual wellness visit, which is really meant to be like an inventory of your health, a review of any risks that you may have for things like depression, hearing loss, falling. We review meds, we review specialists. So it's kind of meant to be like a check-in point. This Medicare annual wellness visit is not meant to be like a comprehensive physical exam. And it's also not meant to be a problem focused visit. However, patients are confused about what it is. And certainly our front desk, when they call to schedule these things, because they have a list of patients that they know need to see a doctor, might not explain that to patients. So you came in for this wellness visit. You're like, you know, I'm glad I have this appointment because I don't feel great right now. I have things to talk about. So Sandy, tell me a little bit about your experience when you showed up at our front desk for that wellness visit. What happened? Well, I have to preface by saying it was the day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And, you know, I came in and I do make sure 
I get there early. Sometimes I get there very early. Sometimes I get there five minutes early. But I got there early and maybe five, ten minutes early. And I checked in and, you know, I sat down and I waited 15 minutes, which to me, waiting in the waiting room for 15 minutes, that's not a big thing because I know the practice. I know how busy you guys are. And I also know I get there early sometimes. So the nurse comes and she takes me in to the exam room. And because of my psoriatic arthritis, I was limping really bad because I was having a bad joint flare for a couple weeks. I was also having psoriasis flare. So we go back to the exam room and I'm talking to the nurse and she's, we're going over my medicines. And I explained the story to her about a medicine that I had requested for a refill back in July. And it had been refilled, but it had been given with the wrong indication or the wrong reasoning. But I did tell the nurse that I needed two refills for two medications. Okay, so that's kind of basic check-in procedure. Waiting 15 minutes in the waiting room isn't awesome, but it's definitely not the worst that's happened, unfortunately, I'm embarrassed to say. So, you know, the process is going kind of as you would expect. You point a couple things out to the nurse, and and I want to take a minute to focus on this because a person's healthcare experience isn't just with their doctor, nurse practitioner, or PA. It starts with the very first interaction at the front desk, right? So yours wasn't terrible, wasn't great. It was just like you had to wait. And then you meet with the nurse and you mention a couple things about refills. What else about the demeanor of the nurse did you feel wasn't great? That kind of got the visit off to the wrong start. She was very nice. She was very nice. The only thing is, I didn't have my blood pressure and pulse taken. Mm, So she didn't do any vitals on you. She didn't do any vitals. And the fact that we're going over my medicines and she sees that I'm on a blood pressure medicine, Mm kind of, you know, like, okay, you know, maybe somebody else is going to take my blood pressure. But So I'm sitting here and I'm cringing a little bit because... It's my practice, (laughs) and every single MA knows that there's a couple of non-negotiables when you room a patient, and obviously taking their vitals is one of them. Okay, so so you're kind of like, "Hmm, my vitals weren't taken, but maybe the doctor will do that. So then the doctor comes in, and what happens after that? The doctor comes in, she introduces herself to me, and I was incredibly uncomfortable because of my pain. The nurse had tried to set me up so that I was comfortable, but because of the pain, I just couldn't get comfortable. Mm -hmm. So the doctor comes in, she introduces herself, we're going through, and she asked me how I'm doing, and I start going through my list, and she said something like, how is your, you know, mental health? And Mm -hmm. Being that it's November of last year, with everything that was going on in the world, in the country, and my disease, I joking, I think, I thought I was joking, but because I did laugh, but I did say, 
well, if anybody in this world isn't depressed, <laughs> they've got a problem. Mm-hmm. And immediately it shifted to where I should see a counselor. Hmm. And I was like, I went to a psychiatrist for years. And, you know, to me, that was the start of where the visit went downhill hmm. because all my issues that I wanted to discuss were basically dismissed. Kept going on about a counselor and. I told her about my psoriasis and my psoriatic arthritis and the pain that I was in. The issue kept going back to seeing a counselor. So when you, you, when you mentioned the psoriasis and the psoriatic arthritis, she briefly like touched on it. What did she tell you? She asked me if I was seeing a rheumatologist, and I said yes. And she goes, so your rheumatologist is handling the arthritis. And I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I told her about the psoriasis in my ear and in my nose. Mm -hmm. And she never really looked in my ear. She did not look in my nose, but told me psoriasis only happens on dry skin. Mm. Which, with my background and... Being someone, as, as I said to you earlier and everything, people with chronic diseases know their disease. They, they know them inside and out. Mm-hmm. And when she said to me that you only get it on dry skin, that's where my brain just stopped. And I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Mm. And she never looked in my nose. When she did say something about the dry skin... I had been in the office about a month previously and I had saw, I saw one of the nurse practitioners and I had come in because of the psoriasis. The nurse practitioner saw it. She prescribed me Pred and everything. And when the doctor said this about it only happens on dry skin, you know, I said, well, you can ask so-and-so because she saw the plaques in my nose last month. And like Mm -hmm. I said, that's when my mind kind of went, okay, this isn't going anywhere. So two things have happened. Well, first of all, in your head, you understand this is a new physician to the practice started three days ago. And I'm sure you're like wishing for the best, but a little part of you is like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Then the second thing is immediately she hones in on the depression, mental health piece. And then pretty much gives you a bit of misinformation about psoriasis. And and also, it sounds to me like, was very happy to turf the psoriatic arthritis issue to your rheumatologist, like really did not want to have a conversation about that, even though clearly you were in pain at that visit, pain from your psoriatic arthritis, but it's not her thing at that moment, right? Yes. So then what happened? So you've heard about the counselor. She hasn't looked in your nose or ear. She's told you something wrong about your psoriasis. What happens next in the visit? So, you know, she listened to my, my heart through my, in my back and everything. I asked her to look at my toe because I had a new pain and I tried to describe it. And she just looked at me like I was nuts and never looked at my foot. Mm. So I 
you know, I knew it was Thanksgiving. I knew everybody was busy. And at that point, I wanted to go home. Mm. So she gave me the information for the counselor that she used and her family used. So that was basically it. Still, my blood pressure and my pulse were not taken. The I did ask about the prescriptions, did not get the refills for the prescriptions. And I basically, she was in there probably about 10 minutes. Mm. And I felt rushed. I felt mm. dismissed. And I felt like, I know I'm not crazy. Hmm. So I think this, this interaction had consequences on two different fronts, Sandy, that I want to touch on. One is on your health, right, and the most important. And the other is on your perception of that doctor and the practice as a whole, right? So first, tell me about the downstream effects. What happened after your visit at our office and what could have been done had this doctor paid more attention that maybe would have eased your discomfort a little bit sooner? I ended up going to a dermatologist for my psoriasis. And my ear, because of all the scratching and itching, had impetigo. So I had to go on an antibiotic for that. Right. So impetigo is an infection. And when when your skin is raw because of psoriasis and scratching at it, usually in your sleep, you don't even know you're doing it. You developed a bacterial infection. So now you're on antibiotics. So presumably, had that psoriasis in your ear been addressed a few weeks before, we could have prevented the infection and you would not have needed antibiotics, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then what about the pain? The joint pain, I had a visit with my rheumatologist. And my rheumatologist set me up for physical therapy, which is starting and it's helping. And I just feel like if I had started physical therapy back in November or December, I wouldn't have had a really miserable winter. Hmm, I understand. (laughs) To the point where, I mean, I couldn't get up out of bed without rolling over and crawling. So let's go back to that visit one more time in terms of that, the pain, right? Because the doctor you saw also did say, oh, why don't you take some Advil? Tell me about that piece. The doctor did say for the pain, she goes, take two Advil four times a day for five days. She did say, unless you have any renal issues, which I have been, and it's in my medical record, I've been in the office several times, and both Amy and Melissa have found blood in my urine, and I've had kidney stones. So I started to say this when the doctor asked me if I had any renal issues, and I started to say this, and she really kind of cut me off with just telling me to take two Advil four times a day for five days, which Mm. I know because of my background, that people with renal issues shouldn't take Advil. So go ahead. Next question. <laughs> so so basically, there was a bunch of like medical missteps in the course of the conversation, right? So you were thinking something in terms of that doctor 
And you were also thinking in terms of the practice as a whole and all the other interactions you'd had. So tell me what you thought to yourself as you were getting in your car, leaving the practice that day. I was depressed at that point, but I didn't need a counselor. I really wanted to send you an email to let you know how it went. I was very upset. I felt like I had wasted my time. I really, I got home and I was crying because I was in pain. And I did call the office. I sent you an email and I did call the office about a week or two later. Mm-hmm. One of the things I did was I went in and looked at my epic chart, which we can do through the website. Mm-hmm. And what got me was that when I looked at the visit, I was like, this was not my visit because it had a blood pressure and a pulse listed and it had the, for where it said joint pain, it said nothing. It said, fine. It said, no, no joint pain. And it had a recommendation to see a counselor. Hmm. And it was just very hard for me to see that because, and I'll, I'll, this is not bragging or anything, but I've been going to your office, I guess about almost 10 years, but I love 98.5% of your staff <laughs> mm. I, and I love your practice and I feel like I've gotten a lot of good care there hmm. and this upset me because it just seemed like suddenly I got dismissed and being in pain and not feeling well, that upset me more. That's what upset me. Yeah. And so this was also like a deviation from what you had come to expect in terms of the level of care that you received in our office. Yeah. Great. And I think some of the things that I, you know, thinking about this, my conclusion is you have to realize that patients are a lot more savvy now. Patients were not our parents where the parents would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, well, you have blue moon syndrome. And your parents would say, oh, okay, thank you. You know, (laughs) patients are going to go and they're going to say, well, what does that mean? And they're going to expect a good answer or else they're going to go to the internet. And as, as I said to you earlier, the internet has some good information, but a lot of bad information. Mm -hmm. And patients are a lot smarter now. They really... There's a lot of people that they'll ask questions, and I think that's the thing. And also, you need to know your patient's background, not just medical, but also this doctor didn't know my background at all. I had suggested earlier, for a wellness visit, have somebody that knows the patient, because this doctor didn't know that I have an extensive background in healthcare. And I know what to expect. I've been going to the office for years. Mm-hmm. And and I was dumb myself for saying nobody took my, you know, at the visit. Like, you're going to take my blood pressure? How's my blood pressure? All right. Wow. So a lo- I have to be honest with you, Sandy. A lot of this is so hard for me to hear. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, but it's so necessary. I mean, I think... I would be a hypocrite if I was doing this podcast about improving conversations in healthcare and, you know, 
sticking my head in the sand thinking that every conversation we have in my practice is excellent. I mean, obviously the practice as a whole is flawed and the individual humans within it are flawed. And the only way to get better is to share stories just like yours. So I just want to recap a couple of things as we close here. And then I want, I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts. But so one of the things that I think happened in the course of your visit is a time thing. So we allocate a certain amount of time, and this is not my practice, this is every practice for each appointment, right? And so all of us are, you know, we're starting out the visit under a time crunch. We know that we'll be lucky if we have the time we need to get through the visit, right? And those wellness visits are time consuming as they are. And so I know for me, when I'm going into a a wellness visit and the patient has a list of any kind, I immediately start getting palpitations because it's not that I don't care about that list and I don't think the list is important. I just know immediately like we're going to be out of time. And then there's a downward spiral that happens. Then the next patient is waiting and then they're angry and then that visits off to the wrong start. And it's just a, it's a very stressful thing from the provider side. So I think we should have, if we were going to call you and tell you to schedule your wellness visit, we probably should have said, hey, if you have some issues to talk about, let's get you in sooner and talk about those. That's a good idea. Reserve the wellness visit for what it is. That conversation should have happened. And the day before Thanksgiving too. (laughs) Right. I mean, it was just like a, it was just a cluster of things that could have been done better. But I very much appreciate you, you know, pointing out that you've had excellent care, that this was hopefully a one-off situation, but one that we can take those valuable lessons from. Is there anything you'd like to add, Sandy? So you're right, you know, that could have gone better. Many learning points there. Your health was definitely impacted by the quality of that conversation and didn't necessarily need to be. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with? I think this is good to have these sessions that you guys are learning from us and even somebody not like, like I'm the exception. I have an extensive background in healthcare and I know what to think of, but I think you need to ask questions and listen for the answer, not just, are you having any problems? Yes. What are your problems? Got it. And you're I think what you said about are you having any issues now? Let's get you in before that and everything. I think that's a good thing. And really understand that patients are, you know, we do have the internet. We look up things. And I am in a group on Facebook for my disease. And when I see people asking questions, the first thing I say is, what did your doctor say? Did you go to your doctor? You know, check with your doctor before you check with somebody on Facebook. And, you know, also people will be on there complaining about their doctor. And I'm like, did you ask this? Did you ask that? Did you ask the right questions? Maybe you do need a different doctor. You know, consider that. And I I am not, I have a healthcare background, but I'm not a doctor and I'm not a nurse. So I don't give medical information. I think everybody needs to be more aware of how aware their patients are. That is such a great point. Yeah, we're all, we're definitely practicing in a different era. 
and I know lots of my colleagues and friends in medicine, sometimes we complain about Dr. Google and how everyone thinks they can diagnose their condition just by doing an internet search. But the truth is, I think the immediate accessibility to good and sometimes bad healthcare information keeps us as providers honest because we can't just dismiss something now. Our our patients are going to check up on us. They're going to, you know, if they have a question that we don't know what we're saying, that's going to immediately come to light. And then, you know, that doctor, they may be a great doctor, but their patient has lost confidence in them. I think one of the most important things for us to do is say, you know what, I'm not familiar with psoriatic arthritis. I don't know that much about it. You should really be talking to a rheumatologist instead of you know, dismissing your condition, you know, just owning the fact that it's not our area of expertise sometimes. Exactly. I would have a lot more respect for somebody to say, you know what, I don't know about that, but let me find out. Or maybe you should, like you said, see a rheumatologist or something. And instead of saying, just dismissing me. Right. So thank you so much, Sandy. I learned so much from this conversation that I'm going to take back to our practice. I I come to you with my tail between my legs again as, you know, honestly, like I do think that in organizations, especially healthcare organizations, the care and the conversations flow from the top. And so if bad conversations are happening, in my practice, I think it stems from us not talking about it as leaders of the practice and and really making a point of reinforcing the good ones and trying to correct the bad ones. So these hard conversations need to happen. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time. I hope you will keep the feedback coming. So if you have another interaction like that, I definitely want to hear from it from you about it. And of course, if you have a good one, Share that with me too. I love to take positive feedback back well, to my Well, I'm going to well. see you next week for my physical. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait. We'll chat again then. Fantastic, Sandy. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this unique episode of Tell Me More. As a doctor and a practice owner, it's certainly never easy to hear negative feedback and hear things that we could have done better, but honestly, it is the only way to improve. This podcast is about improving conversations in healthcare. And some of those conversations that are bad are actually happening inside my own practice. I certainly have taken lessons from Sandy's story and will bring them back to my practice in the hopes of just getting better. If you have a story about a good or bad healthcare conversation, that had an impact on your health or quality of life, please email me, christine at christinemeyermd.com. That's christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at christinemeyermd.com. I can't wait for you to tell me more. Thank you so much for listening. Are you ready to join our conversation? Just go to Facebook and search Christine Meyer, MD. Follow us to join 14,000 other people committed to creating better conversations in healthcare.